0: Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Eden Brook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Eden Brook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. This week I'm talking with Peter Ide from LifeFest 2022. Peter has been the main stage host at LifeFest for over 20 years as well as a successful independent artist. We are discussing what it takes to be a host slash MC for music festivals and different types of events, how to interact with an audience, and having venues trust you to bring what they need to their event. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Get your pen and paper and get ready to take lots of notes. Would you please welcome our fearless main stage host, Peter Ide? everybody. Everybody's gonna know who Peter is, right? Fearless, our fearless main stage host. So if you guys, I know everybody has, you guys here have seen Peter on the main stage talking and emceeing the main stage here at LifeFest. So thank you, first of all, for doing that. You do a great job of that. My pleasure. Um, and if you ever retire someday, maybe I'll get to jump in and do some, <laughs> some things. But that'll be a long way away, I'm sure.
1: It's, it's all good, man.
0: Because <laughs> I love doing this. I love emceeing and having it's fun, fun on, these, on these stages and doing this kind of stuff. So you do a lot of things. You've done a lot of things in the music business. And so one of the things I love about having guests like you on my show is that you, like myself, you've done a lot of different things in the music business. You're an artist and a songwriter, obviously. Uh, You're gonna be playing, you already played the festival once, I believe, and you're gonna be doing it again today. And then, um, and again, like hosting the main stage, like all these things that, that we do that you guys see, even though as an MC on a stage, you don't, people may not think, well, that's not really part of the music industry, but it is, because you're working, the, you're working at music festivals, so, yep. so many parts of it, so tell us where you're from originally, what got you into music to begin with, and we'll just kind of walk through your journey here, and talk through some things.
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, so I am uh, originally from up by the Fargo-Moorhead area, if, you know, if you've heard of the state of North Dakota, uh, <laughs> I was right, wow, look at that, uh, I was right next to it, And uh, I, uh, uh, but I've spent most of my time now, more of my life in Minneapolis, St. Paul, in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Uh, So I spent, I grew up with music, I grew up with sports and music all through school. Uh, When I got, uh, and I had really, really good music in my school. When I went to college, uh, I did college sports and I also did music. And I had this weird experience of like being in a varsity sport and then also being in the concert choir at the school yeah sure you know so it was very cool um but in that um working in uh in camp ministry in the summer and so forth uh i ended up uh um the music thing started to just kind of happen and just different opportunities of i didn't learn how to play guitar until i got to college okay uh but i had a lot of music in the background so it came pretty quickly um, and then it was just really an opportunity where um, some people said, you know, you should think about doing music for a living. And I had, I had tried some stuff, I was in a couple bands, uh, but it was really uh, a friend of mine by the guy by the name of Tom Tufts, who said, you should do this for a living and I can help you do it. And it was like a dream that you kind of go, yeah, I would love to do music for a living. Yeah. But you're going, yeah, I'm, I just got married. And uh, I'm like, well, i got to be responsible, you know. That's how I looked at it. And my wife said to me, she's like, uh, no, God's calling you to do this. You need to do this. And when your wife goes, you should do this, that's a pretty good affirmation, really. Um, right, absolutely. And uh, and we just started to go down the road. Um, for me, I, I was always about I want to do things together in the room. Like this is back in the time maybe before you had like, the worship was kind of cool. It was like, let's do things together. And I would use a lot of motions and a lot of group things to interact the crowd with what we yeah. were doing. You know? <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah, and I, and I actually, I even still do it, you know, but it's the idea of, I wanted, that's, I wanted to do something rather than I would stand up front and everybody just sing and, or just listen. I want like, let's do stuff together. That's one of my favorite things. And so um, the opportunities just really, really kept coming. Uh, And and they happen mostly because of relationship. Uh, Like I've always said to my kids, if you want to know what great life, you want to know the best life you can have, it's about two words. It's about rhythms and relationships. And uh, uh, because people are where God works, that's where he does his thing. And so it was just about people saying, hey, would you come do this? And they would say, hey, I'm gonna recommend you. Uh, I have my whole career, so 20 some years of music, uh, I was independent. Um, I was never. I had. I raised my own staff. Uh, I had my own publishing and doing all that. But I was never. I was never entered the label industry. Sure. So let
0: me ask you this. When l- let me ask the audience if you, if you're here, um, are any of you guys in music? Do any of you guys play music? An artist, a songwriter, okay? Um, or or want to be? You know, are pursuing being an artist or wanting to do what what we're doing? Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so this is, this is for you guys to kind of hear, you know, from experience from people who have done this for a long time to give you some ideas, okay, you know, these are great conversations to have for people to, to be a part of. So talk to us about, for 20 plus years, you've done this as an indie artist, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your own publishing. Uh, Talk to us about how you set those things up as an independent artist, how you go about booking your own shows. How you go about you know getting your own your songs published and you know all the that kind of stuff like you know registered and all, like what does that look like for you as an indie artist doing that yourself?
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, so first of all, um, I would I would reach out to people that either I knew or I I needed to get to know to say how do you do this? And I was really blessed, man. I was surrounded with people who were who were who were stepping in and saying we can help you do this. Uh, I would, I've always used the phrase in my life in the last probably five, eight years where I go, I am, a, I'm a product of great people, like other people who said, we want to help you, we want to be a part of what you're doing. So an example would be when it came to booking shows. So I would go at the very beginning, I would say, hey, would you want some music for Sunday morning? And what do you need? I'll just, I'll just come in. The only thing I'd ask is that if when I'm done, if you enjoyed what I did, would you be willing to write me a letter? It just says a letter a recommendation, recommendation. Yeah. yep oh and then I'd also say if you think someone might enjoy or could use the type of music and how we did our ministry would you then call them reach out to them or who was that could I reach out to them and use your name and so I always pictured it like bookings would happen like if you do you remember go to the county fair and you'd have that little thing that spun on a piece of paper and then you put paint on it and it drip in the middle and it would been out, right? But it was always connected. All my bookings were always connected. It wasn't like they got a flyer in the mail and they said, "Yeah, oh, we should look at that flyer. That's impressive. We should have that guy. Yeah. It was so much people saying we should do that. So it would build like that. And then it would be someone would say, hey, we had your church. We need to have you art event or you would fit great. Or would you be interested? And so then I go to that. And then from the event, there would be these different pieces of people going, Um, hey, we want to have you at our church, or my cousin has, you know. It it was slower, but the best part about the growth, John, was that the growth was deeper. Like, the roots were deeper. It wasn't just a one-off. It was like, no, there was a relationship involved, and that was really, really good. That's
0: great. So when you are, um, you know, when you're booking yourself, because you and I are very, very similar in the way that we've done our things. I've been an independent artist for 25, 26-plus years now doing the same thing. So we, we, we travel a very similar track, I feel like, yep. in the way that we do things. And you know, the letters of recommendation, write, give me, you know, can you write a testimonial for me that, like on my website, I've got testimonials from churches or venues or other, or people that have had me in, mm-hmm. you know, that they will say, you know, hey, this, this guy was great, you know, he'd be great for your event, whatever. And so that really has been one of the most beneficial things for me you know, because people see that and they see a, a trusted source. Correct. You know, and I think that is a huge, such a valuable thing for for guys like us who don't have labels behind them or booking agents behind them to, to push them out. You know, it's, a, it's kind of a kind of a different dynamic that we have to work through than yeah. than major label artists.
1: Totally, totally agree, and I, I think you said a keyword. Keyword yeah. is trust. Like, it's really about you know that they know that you're gonna come and you're not just gonna do a thing, but you're gonna come and be a part of what they do. Like they really trust you to, f- to come and bring your best. They trust you to come and do whatever's necessary. You know, one of the things that was interesting it was at the beginning you would go like, well, can you do this? And I'd be like, yeah, sure I can. I've probably never done it before, but I could figure out how to do it And I've, because I wanted to go and serve her. They yeah. would say, hey, can you, would you wanna hang out and do this? And like, yeah. It's, it's the willingness to kind of do whatever you need to do. And people, at least the people I worked with, appreciated that. Yeah. Because they're willing, they know you're flexible. You're not just about a, a shtick or a certain set list or whatever you are. Yeah. Um, and, and then it would be opportunity, which I didn't realize how much I would enjoy, but the relational side of things and getting to hang out with students and getting to hang out with the people who, you know, their parents or whatever, whatever the event was. And it yeah. was just such a blast.
0: Making yourself available. Yeah. To people. Yeah, well done. You well know, done. when they see that you're willing to do whatever they are needing you to do and mm-hmm. kind of go above and beyond, yes. that that deepens a, a relationship with the venue that's mm-hmm. bringing you in. Yep. And that makes a huge difference. So if you guys that are, are here or people listening on the show, you know that is a, a i think a key thing to totally. to keep in mind
1: yeah totally you can't be like well we that's not what we do if you want to get into the, if you want to grow in this you have to be willing to kind of say that's maybe not my favorite song to play but if that's the song that they want for their event i'm going to learn that song and i'm going to do it really well because yeah. it's so much about serving the event whether yeah. if they're hiring you or you're just going to be there and donating your time you're still serving no matter what you've got to make their event the best that they want it to be sure um
0: let's turn the topic a bit I want to talk about you being here at LifeFest because you've been working with LifeFest for a long time yeah how, how, I mean Life Fest has been around since 1999 when did you come on board to start working with the festival
1: I hosted the very first LifeFest
0: so you've been here for <laughs> since the very beginning
1: yeah so I uh um, I was here, uh, I was hosting a lot of festivals uh, in, for a lot of seasons in different parts of the country. I uh, had a deep relationship with Bob and John Doherty and Chuck Towns and all the guys who were first part of it. Um, and I was at Sunshine uh, in Minnesota. I hosted that festival. and then okay. they, um, And then they asked me to come and host it. So I remember coming to the very first one. The grandstand over here was the stage and it was a flatbed tripe trailer or whatnot and, uh-huh. and it was burning hot and Michael Olivia Smith was the headline and um, but it was uh, yeah and then there were times I wasn't available because of just circumstances but I've been I've been at probably se- 60 to 75 percent of the life fest as the main stage host.
0: So okay, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Before Life Fest, you were working other, other festivals. So what got you into the festival circuit? How did you get yourself into that position to be able to work at music festivals? Emceeing, and I'm sure you probably played the festivals as well at some point. Yeah. But like what, what, gets you, what got you into the festival circuit to begin with, and then how did you transition from being an artist performing to being able to host, doing main stages in that kind of thing?
1: Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, so I went into, uh, I I really think God's grace has just been in this because I love being the host. Like I have so much fun and it's really because of the people you get to meet. I mean, there were times, I mean, even Todd, who's the engineer here, we traveled doing, I don't know, eight festivals a year sometimes just going around, but um, it's really because of the people. When I got into it, it was kind of by chance. I was working a festival there was a host and he was also one of the speakers.
0: So you were working at festival, were you, at, what were you, were you? what were you doing?
1: He invited me along okay. just to come and be okay. his worship leader. Okay, perfect. And so just to fill gaps. There was a time when transitions between groups would take a little bit longer because it wasn't all digital. So plugging in different boards, resetting boards and all that would take longer. So he was like, hey man, sometimes we gotta fill some spots. Come do some music in between the groups to just help with the audience so that it's not so long, right? Yeah. Fill the gap. And so I would do that. At this one certain festival, the speaker and the host had to leave, and he, they said, alright, we want you to host. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and so I just stepped in there, yeah. and he's like, hey, do it longer. Well, then the next year, the, other, the, other, the previous host, who was a really close friend of mine, couldn't make it, and the sponsor of the festival said, hey, would you come and do this next year? And we want you to do the the introductions and so forth, but we want you to also fill gaps with music. And uh, and and then it just kind of went from there. And then another, uh, uh, what do you call it, promotional company said, hey, we heard you we do what you do. And it was just, we heard it from this guy. It was that goes back to the whole relationship thing. And next thing you know, we're I'm in at Kerouins. I'm at Spirit West Coast. I'm at uh, okay. King, all these different festivals. So you're
0: doing yeah. multiple festivals at this point. Yeah. And they're calling you to come do it because they saw you, yeah. you know, do it a couple it, times. One of
1: the one of the deepest partnerships with that too was Compassion International. So I was an artist with them. So I also okay. came in to help with advocacy. Yep. So there was like a partnership, uh, which is again how it's just relationships and how it works. It was really fun. It was really, I just kind of stepped into it. Didn't know I'd like it so much. Yeah.
0: It is, <laughs> and it is so much fun. Uh, I love getting to do this kind of stuff. Um, can you can you tell our audience? A little bit, like what is, what does it take to be the host, the MC of a major festival? When you're running the main stage, like you do, like what what goes into that? Putting that together for, for you.
1: Uh, make a list of all the things you don't want to say or shouldn't say. Probably is the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man, what does it take? Uh, Life Fest is fun because I know the rhythm. They know me. There's a lot. You know, it's just like we talked about earlier. A great amount of trust. Um, I think for me when i go into a festival i really work hard i work with the festival director i work with the stage manager and you have to be absolutely flexible and nothing can be uh, nothing can be um, uncomfortable or nothing can be a pain to do you have to be like what do you need because the goal is at least as i see it in as the role my goal is to help things stay connected uh, I've always been asked to say, let's make sure we keep Jesus in the middle of it, like, because there's a lot of concerts, there's a lot of production, there's a lot of different styles that go on. Um, and I think also to make sure everybody, every artist and every sponsor is absolutely appreciated. And they, and they should be because they are, they're the reasons that we're doing this. so the reasons that we're here. Right, yeah. And I think for me, that's, that was a part that was uh, paying attention to that and always being, I would say, I love the word I like is intentional. You know, um, so over the years, I see, you know, for King Country and Rebecca and Mac Powell or Toby or all these guys, and I've just known them over the years, and so there's a great relationship, and the festival is good at that. The stage managers, um, you got to make sure that you're ready to go and they need you to go because it's just got to be calm. as calm or as helpful I can make it if it gets, you know, and stay on time. If it's a minute... 59 seconds. And staying on, time, <laughs> staying on time is
0: a very difficult thing to do Edified at a festival because transitions, you know, trying to change over, and you guys were watching this as we were just watching, you know, as we were getting set up for this, You're because you're playing this afternoon. So, yeah. you know, between what I just did a few minutes ago before we started this podcast and then you and then us right now, you had to set up a sound check for your show later on this afternoon. Yeah. You know, and so we're like scrambling to make sure everything gets done, and so when things do get behind, even by a couple of minutes, you're like, you know, that eats, for most of the time, especially on the main stage, side stages can sometimes be a little more flexible, I think, depending on what's going on. Mm -hmm. But once you start running over time, then that eats away into the set for that artist that's coming up. And and the next one, the next one. Yeah. So you're always trying to figure out how to make up time. Yeah. Right? so I want to open up, um, open up some questions to the audience, oh, no. um, if that's okay, <laughs> and we're going to put you on the spot here. And uh, so if you guys, you know, that are, that are interested in, in being in music or as an artist or songwriter, or what, maybe, you're, maybe you're thinking, man, I've always, we love Life Fest, we love festivals, I would love to work at a festival. What does it take to do that? Any, anything like that. Um, if somebody's got a question, we'd love for you to stand up, say your name, and give your question to Peter. Who we got? Come on. I, I had hands he- up a minute ago saying, We want to do this for a living, and now nobody wants to. Okay, we got some I... over here.
1: I am not what, afraid. What
0: is your name, and what kind of question do you have?
1: Uh, my name is Boyd. And Peter, by the way, fantastic job hosting. I've been here many, many years and oh, well, do a thank great, you, great job. Oh, uh, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> so, so, my question as a Christian artist, what's your greatest challenge or challenges? Oh, as an artist, uh, one of my greatest challenge or challenges, um, sleep. Uh, yeah. It's always... Um, you know, I would say, uh, I think, you know, everywhere you go in the country, every, every place you go is a different group of people. And I think always the challenges, which I try to work hard at, but try to figure out going, who are they? What's going on in their world? What's going on, you know, because Alabama is different than North Dakota. You know, they're just different people. They're thinking about different things. And I would always, I think the challenges for me was always trying to go, uh, how can I, the words I use, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go y'all. I mean, that wouldn't, that's not gonna help me or them. Um, But it would be in a way of, being able to speak into what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of prayer that goes under it, you know, you're on travel, you're in the airplane, say, God, what, what are you, what's going on here? Um, but I think it's just, I think the challenge is always pay attention to that, like be aware of what's going on in Chicago, what's being, you know, Charlotte, because when you pay attention to that, people realize that. I'd learn little things if I go to smaller towns, like, hey, what's your festival called? Or what's the local thing you do? Because I want the people to know then I'm paying attention to who they are because it's about people. It's always about people. And the challenge is, is to make sure you're always making the space and time to do that. Yeah, that's a thank you for that. Yeah. And thank sleep. You. <laughs> and
0: sleep. And and when you to kind of piggyback on that, when you take interest in the, this, the town that you're going to and the people of the town and you say, hey, oh, tell me about this landmark. Yeah. Tell me about this restaurant that I saw coming in. Tell me about the city park and, and what, this thing that's happening over there. When you, when you interact with them and show them real true interest in, in their culture mm-hmm. and there's a, you know, what they're doing and um, that, that brings a connection with the, you and them and then that makes them more interested in you to want to come listen to your music and hear what you have to say yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, it builds trust. You kind of earn the right to be heard at a, at a next step level, right? right. Like, Absolutely. why do you have the biggest ball of twine? <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> right? And maybe why did that happen
0: yeah. when it comes to, to that, right? <laughs> so I, I have so many questions. I have all the questions when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's like, why, yeah, why the big ball of twine? Why the world's largest, you know, Whatever yeah. in the middle of nowhere, you know, they're these cool landmarks. But it's like, who came up with that kind of stuff, you know, and why yeah. did you put that there? But it makes everybody want to go see it, you know, so yeah. it's such a cool thing. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. That's good. Um, all right, who else we got? I saw some other hands pop up. What is your name and your question for Peter?
1: My name is Angelica. Um, I guess my question is I've noticed your daughter.
0: Uh, introducing on stages as well do you guys make it a family affair does she travel with you to these other festivals as well and
1: yeah yeah she when she doesn't you know do her chores at home she's going on the road that's how we're that, talking it. about Allison no yeah yeah my daughter's name is Allison i actually um so music is all through our family um, most all my kids play an in fact that we play later today um, most of this crew are my kids Um, So it's not the Partridge family because we don't have a cool bus. But uh, it is, uh, yeah, it is. So with Allison specifically, um, Allison started joining me when she was about 11. She'd come out and do a song or two, uh, and she was very interested in music. Um, She has now really uh, paved the way in her own work. She just graduated from college after finishing uh, her degree and her basketball career and so forth, and she is... Of uh, pressing into the full-time singer-songwriter, um, and that's what she's decided to do. My oldest son is a worship pastor in Toledo, Ohio, uh, and he played music. He would he uh, played with me some, not as much, but his the activities and things in his life were different. Uh, the drummer Ethan, uh, he is uh, he plays. I'm uh, part of a church called Hosanna Church, and we're a four-campus church, and we do modern worship. And he's one of the main drummers at one of the campuses. Um, and then Tishome, who's on keys. He's, uh, he, he plays for students on Wednesday night um, and, uh, and he's, you know, he's 14 years old and he's learning how to figure it out. The thing is, it, interesting about it is, like, I never pushed them in it. Like, they would just kind of come along and that's what they decide to do. And I, I will tell you, last year was the first year here at LifeFest that we played as a family, like, complete doing dads to his family. And I, it was pretty overwhelming, like, wow, this is a privilege I remember being in a show in Western Minnesota. It was just me and Allison. And I felt like the Lord just kind of brought this moment to re- kind of kick me in the head a little bit, if the Lord would do that in that way. But we were, on, we were on the platform, and Allison was sitting next to me. And I was always like, okay, I hope she hits that note. Okay, help her with this part, you know, all that. And the Lord just kind of brought this thought to my head that said, you know, this isn't going to last forever. You might want to enjoy it. And I went, oh. Yeah. Yeah, and ever since then, it's been way, way more fun and less. So, but yeah, it's fun. I didn't know they were gonna do this, you know, because um, you don't necessarily say go go be a musician for a living because that's job <laughs> right. security and that's exactly. the way to go. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, we have time for one more question. If anybody wants, yeah, we got one over here. Hi. What is your name?
1: My name is Anne. Yes, I am standing up. Um, <laughs> thank you 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 guys have been in the industry for a while I've done music for a long time but would you have some suggestions encouragement advice for someone more in her autumn season of life kind of getting into doing worship and stuff yeah yeah Uh, I mean are you thinking like worship in a church or worship in a a worship on on the road I've done I was kind of like a worship leader and I play keys and stuff I kind of like to just I like doing this too yeah yeah, so. and that's awesome. Uh, I want to I just encourage you with the fact of saying it, it's not just a certain season of life thing to do. And, and I say that to say, um, I, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but it's it's changed for me. It's It, it looks different. I, I, I go after it different. I do it differently. Um, so I, you might have some thoughts on this too. Here's what one thought I would say, and this might sound like the well, that, of course, but really think about it in this way. Um, be willing to go and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever opportunity gets in front of you, like, make yourself available. And if they say, hey, we want you to come play at this uh, potluck, or we want, does everybody going to know what a potluck is? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, or they, they say, we want you to come play at the park for this event. And you just go, yeah, I'll do that. And it may not be like, well, I don't know if that's my thing. If you can do that, you'll find yourself being able to do more than you're capable of doing. And second of all, I think God just honors that stewardship of, like, here's my gifts. What do you want to do with them? And you just never know. Like, there's a guy, do you remember the guy who wrote the book called, uh, it was a prayer of Jabez, Bruce Wilkinson? He wrote this book a long time ago. But he made this comment before going out to speak to a lot of people. And he, he realized this thought, and the thought was this. If God's hand isn't on what I'm doing, I'm gonna be a miserable failure. And I think that's the mindset to try to hold on to. It's like, like I never thought about being a host, a an MC, and do that for a living. It was never like my dream. But I found it so much fun. But it's called being available, and no matter what, oh, just, man, be encouraged, like whatever season, until we meet Jesus, be available, and. Be willing to do anything that's possible. If it's for kids, if it's for whoever, just because uh, it's such a beautiful experience. And sometimes it's really hard, and you walk away going, "I don't want to do that again," but you did it, right? And it was good.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, thank you for your questions. And uh, real quick, we just got a couple of minutes here. What's some advice that you you just you're giving great advice already, but. For anybody that wants to do what you have done, either as an artist or emceeing, hosting at a, an event, events and things like that, what's some advice that you would give people in order to be able to do that successfully?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I would say, um, you heard me say it earlier, I'm a product of great people. Like, and I would say, find people that are really willing to commit to you, first of all, in prayer, second of all, saying, uh, let me walk with you be willing to receive from them saying, actually, that I wouldn't do that. That doesn't sound good or whatever. I mean, it, for me, I went from being a solo writer and in the 17 records that I made of Christmas and worship records and all that stuff, I went to co-writing. Yeah. And co-writing, oh, what a battle that could be. But yet, it made me better because I had to go listen to that person who was really good and say, what do you want to tell me? Yeah. Surround yourself with really great people and then be willing to do whatever you can to the event, to the place you've been invited, to, to serve it. If they say, hey, we need you to help move this desk. Okay, I can help move that desk. Yeah. And be like, it's just, God is just so crazy how he works like that. And it's way fun adventure. So, such a fun adventure, dude. Yeah,
0: it's a great time. Thank you, Peter, for being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It's awesome. Thank you for asking. Thank you, everyone, for being here and great questions. Um, Peter's going to be on the main stage all day, so be sure to go see him and, and learn some things. He's going to be here 115 playing, playing 115 with the family. Full band with the family, yeah. So come check him out. Thank you guys for hanging out and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, guys, there you have it. I hope you had a great time listening to our conversation today. I hope you take what we've talked about today and find ways to apply it to your career as well. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. And please share it with all of your friends so that we can continue to get this message out to everyone around the world. Remember, Edenbrook Productions is here to help if you need consulting services via phone, Skype, Zoom, or FaceTime. Let us know how we can help you begin to make a living in the music industry.